0: We are week three of our Lenten series, uh, Jesus shape life, and and I hope that you are able to take the uh, spiritual practices that that I've been putting in the bulletins and putting online to, to give those a try. I I, I looked over uh, Psalm 119. That was one of the spiritual disciplines from last week, and it was just reflecting on how some of those reflect on our heart and, and reflect on. The, the law that, that God has given us and that how we are able to, to continue to grow and, and, and take that courage that God has given us to, to walk in, in his way. And, and I pray that as we continue to move into this season of Lent that, that we do grow in courage and we are encouraged to live as Jesus' disciples. So to prepare to hear God's word today, would you please go to, go to God in prayer with me? Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. God, as we move closer to the cross, help us to open our hearts and open our eyes to see Jesus on that cross giving up his life so that we may have life abundantly. And as we spend this time talking about what it takes to have a Jesus-shaped life, move in our hearts so that we may share your love with others. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of the easiest ways that when we think about relationships, the, one of the first things that, that might come to your mind, I know it comes to my mind, is the relationships that we have with our family. And if you're like me, you, you can look back at your family and, and you have many different thoughts, many different feelings, many different emotions, especially with those people that are, that are close with you. I found this picture as I was uh, going through uh, stuff when my mom passed away a few years ago and this is a picture of me uh, my brother and my dad sitting down on a Sunday morning and uh, dad would always read to us the Sunday comics that was back when there was a thing where we had the separate, I don't know if they still do it in the newspaper or not, but I don't, I don't, I don't get the newspaper. But back then, we, we would run out sometimes in our underwear to get the Sunday morning paper so Dad could read us the papers and we would automatically get swatted for running out in the front yard in our underwear. But we, we loved this time that we were able to sit with our Dad and have him share these stories. And it didn't matter what my brother and I had done maybe before then, or, or the arguments and the fights we may have had, this was a time where we were together. And we loved uh, being able to share this time. But, you know, when we grow up, things like this stopped. You know, we, we, we weren't able to get on our dad's lap because we were, you know, the size of our dad. And we didn't want to have him read the Sunday fuddies to us because we wanted to do it ourselves. And then the relationships between brothers and siblings, you you know how that goes here and there. There's highs and there are lows. And and being the younger brother, and I know I'm going to hear this from Tracy after I say this, you know, we were always treated unfairly. You were the youngest sibling, you know, the, the older kid always got what they wanted, and, and we were just, you know, the babies, and we were treated like the, just <laughs> giving me a thumbs down. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I, I, I know that things got tense with my brother. A- and the thing that I realize now as I'm much older is that they probably got tense because we shared the same characteristics. We, we, we did the same things, and, and we had maybe the same inflections of our voices. And, and being the younger brother, I wanted absolutely nothing to do or, or to look or to be like my brother. That's probably one of the reasons why I shave my head, because he has a nice full head of hair, and I, that, that's other things. But, but, you know, we have our, another family, and, and that's the family that we have right here a family that that connects us through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And and our scripture for this morning gives us an opportunity to look and see how we can take on different characteristics and also allows us to see what characteristics we as the family of God should leave behind. Our scripture for this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 1-12, through I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the ways of love, just as Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But, Among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor shall there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving." For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. Thanks be to God. Now this is a, a, a good lesson and, and there's a lot of good things in there but, it, but it's also a harsh lesson. It, it, it's a good lesson because it gives us a picture of, of what, we are, we, what we are striving to become but it's a hard lesson because if you are like me when I read through what the list and the litany of things that we shouldn't do, I, I say ouch. Because There are times I feel myself doing some of those things. But as we move through this Lenten series, and and as we move towards Easter, the goal of what we are trying to develop is a Jesus-shaped life. We we are trying to to take on some of of Jesus' traits So that when people look at us, they see Jesus Christ. And and I think that if you can identify one particular trait that would describe who Jesus is, that trait is a trait that we heard in Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2, is that Jesus is love. That Christ loved. And because Christ loved we then are called to do likewise. Stop. That's it. Right there. Because Christ loved, we, his followers, who, who are desiring to have a, a Jesus shaped life, we are also called to love. Jesus gives us a a model or or a way to do that. We we heard the praise team sing about it earlier today, but that model comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. You may know this as the greatest commandment, where, where Jesus is teaching his disciples and us, and he says that the most important one, the most important commandment is this Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. It's easy to see how we, we can quickly take that certain teaching and, and put it aside but with all these well buts well but you don't really well but you don't really understand who, I, who I'm dealing with here or well you just don't understand the situation that I found myself into I had to in order to get out of the situation well my friend you probably shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with it's all about love It's all about love of God and love of Jesus. I tell you, when you see a a selfish person, you don't run around saying, Man, I want to be like that. That person looks like Jesus. No. You look at them and you you may just shake your head and go, God, I hope I am not like that. There's a writer that I thoroughly enjoy reading and, and been able to be a part of some of her teaching by the name of Jan Johnson. And, and she tells the story about going on a lot of air air flights and everything, going to different conferences and, and teaching all over the country. And and she would talk about how she would be a horrible passenger. She would she would wake up on the day that she would go off on one of her trips and she would already just feel this contempt for anybody and everyone who was standing in her way from her house all the way to the airport because every single person was an inconvenience and she wanted absolutely nothing to do. She was like, I just want to get to the plane. I want to get to my seat. I want to put on headphones or open up a book and just Focus in right there so nobody bothers me. But one day she was on a trip, and, and, and she saw something happening. And, and she had God speak to her in that moment and said, you need to help them. And as Jan tells the story, she said, I don't want to help them. No, this is, this is me. I, I want to just take care of what I need to do and, and to do all the things just to get on this plane so I can get to where I need to be that kept haunting her again. And finally she got up and she helped this family. And then something s- snapped in her mind. It said, you know, what, what if I'm looking at these air trips in the wrong ways? I, I should stop looking at them as a way for me to get to point A, to point B, and, and, and that's it. But what if I looked at each White, as an opportunity to help three people. To, 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 to be there for each person. So now she is on a mission to, to try to find a ways to help people. Now, Jane, she's kind of short. So even, even when somebody's like having a hard time getting their luggage in the overhead compartment, she's, she's there kind of jumping to help get the, the baggage up there. Or, or, or if she sees somebody drop something in the airport, she'll, she'll stop and, and, and take care and, and help them in, in their time of need. And she feels this release, this release of of hatred, this release of, of, of selfishness, and realizing that slowly and surely with each person she is helping out, she is forming a life like Jesus. Now, helping somebody at the airport may be a very small way to show that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, but there really is no better place to start than in a really small thing, a little small, maybe insignificant way to allow God to to move and mold in your heart and, and to change you and to let you do even greater things than that. When we talk about Christ being love, there is a catch and the catch is this we cannot follow christ by ourselves we can't follow christ on our own that that is absolutely 100% impossible i know you've heard me share this quote from john wesley before and i think it is so important for us to remember that john wesley once said this he said holy solitaries or Holy single people is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel, of Christ is no, the gospel of Christ knows no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. Now go ahead and hold that up there real quick. Holy solitary is what it means that, that you cannot do your walk with Christ by yourself. You have to have others around you in order to do that. You can't build a relationship with God with just yourself. There are people who take this quote from John Wesley and they make it think, well, that means we're supposed to be socially active and that means that we're supposed to be doing this thing and that thing. No, that's not that. It's What John Wesley is saying, you must be connected with other people. That's why John Wesley started this ministry of, of bands and, and class meetings. He knew even way back then in England, people were, were scattered, people were separated, but he knew that if he got people together to help grow in each other's faith, to, to challenge, to love, to share with one another, then people would grow in Christlikeness and then share that likeness with others. Followers of Jesus become a part of a, a people group, if you will. That that people group is the body of Christ. There, there are some people who like to use the terms that we are all all, all all of the body of Christ or we are all children of God, and that's not true. We are only children of God when we come to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But that doesn't mean that not that everybody isn't special, or that everybody has a connection with God. No, because we are all created by God, and we share that same spiritual DNA, but we share with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we are reminded, as in John 1, 12, that we are adopted as children of our Heavenly Father. Such a beautiful picture to, to know that that God takes a look at even me and says, "I accept you I want you I want desire you to be a part of my family, and I will give you the opportunity so that you may grow in the likeness of Jesus with this family sharing of the of the same DNA. It reminds me of the baptismal covenant that 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 we partake in when, when we are baptized either as infants or adults. And I'm excited in the beginning of May we're going to have uh, a couple of baptisms out here on our lawn like we did a few years ago, a couple of confirmants and a youth that, that are wanting to be baptized. We're, we're going to be sharing around them together and hearing these words and how important it is to remind one Another, that we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior. We put our whole trust in His grace and we promise to serve Him as our Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, to all nations, and to all races. See, it's a reminder that we do this together. We, we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ together. I don't care how old you are or I don't care how young you are. Together we become the body of Christ. That's why I'm kind of excited even though I, well, technically as the pastor of this church, I am a member of the United Methodist Women. But I'm excited for the event that's happening here at 1230 today. The, the United Methodist women have, have decided that they wanted to do an intergenerational event to, to allow women, uh, the, 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 the mature women of our congregation and the, the young, grand... I knew I was going to get a laugh from Ruth whenever I said that. The, 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 the older women of our congregation and, and the young ones that will gather together to, to, to share in their faith and to hear and, and to share stories with one another, knowing that, that we are in partnership together. It was one of the things I loved about uh, JAM uh, whenever I first got here, seeing the different age groups that would gather here on Wednesday nights, the kids that were participating in JAM and the adults that were helping jam to see the activity and work of the church that is together, knowing that we are together, growing as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's why I give thanks for the partnership that we have with Meek's Chapel and Fame Mission AME Church on Wednesday nights. Last Wednesday night, uh, Pastor James Gilbert, who has preached here a couple of times, he gave a just, I thought, a, just amazing lesson on, on self-control. And, and through his lesson, we were able to grow together, knowing that our task and our goal was the same, to become more like Jesus and to share Jesus' love with others, but, but when we understand that God's love is for us, it, it leads us to another area, more of a tricky area. And that tricky area comes as we dive further into our scripture from Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 12. It, it reminds us that we must let other things go. We, we must put other things aside and get rid of them so that they are not a part of our lives ever again. Now, now the first list that, that Paul gives us, I think we can agree with. Paul says that we must get rid of any hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. Why? Because they are improper for God's holy people. I think if I were to do a, a poll here in the sanctuary, like, okay, how many people think that we should hold on to sexual immorality and to improper thoughts or impurity or, or greed? How many of all is in favor of, of making sure that we have that as a part of our lives? No, nobody would raise their hand because we know we are to flee from these things. These are things that I believe block God's love for us and block God's love for others. It's not that God doesn't want his love to be poured upon us but it's because because we're holding up sexual immorality, because we're holding up impurity or greed, we are saying God, I have it all under control myself. I don't need your help. I can take care of this by who I am. So I don't need your love. What I need are the things that help me fulfill who I am right here and right now. You see, Paul doesn't stop there. Paul Paul continues to kind of twist a little bit there. And we can talk and agree on those three points, but the bar rises with his next verse. And he says, Neither should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, that there should be Thanksgiving. Now, some of us may go, "Well, well, what about sarcasm? I, I, am really good at sarcasm. I, I, I love a good sarcastic joke, and I love being able to, you know, poke fun at a friend of mine. Do you know the Greek root for the word sarcasm? What that really is? It's, it's a sarcasian. And, and what that actually and literally means, it means to tear or strip the flesh off. That's what sarcasm is. You know, and it's fun when you're doing the sarcasm, but it's not so much fun when people are being sarcastic to you, is it? It hurts, it, 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 it wounds. And while, while we easily can understand Some things that we shouldn't do, we we say, say, well, you know, I can can be a part of this here or there. It's not really going to hurt anyone, but it does. It does because it reminds us that we are in control. That that we don't want God to to, to change our lives, to mold us, to make us, to, to leave those things behind. And I think the final part that we have a hard time dealing with is that we must let go of our anger. Ephesians 4, verses 26, 27 says it this way. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now, we can be disappointed. We, we, we can have feelings where we felt left down. But when you act on those things and you lash out and you hurt other people because of that, that is what God is saying takes a foothold in our lives and moves us away from trying to become more like Jesus Christ. It it, it makes us, in a way, look and say, God, I just don't care. I am just going to be an angry person, and I'm going to let that anger rule my life. If you want an example of that, all you have to do is look at the news, especially look at these talk shows that are on in the evening where people have more free time, and they're just sitting around flashing around on their TVs. I don't care if you're looking at Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. All of those shows are reduced to ways to express anger and and, and to allow that anger to infest so we no longer see the body of Christ in front of us, but we see right and left. We see them against us. We see unvirtuous and virtuous, or virtuous and unvirtuous, depending on how you are looking at it. When we allow hate and anger to to rule our lives, we then cannot allow God's love to flow in us. So I have a challenge for you this week. A couple of different challenges relating to relationships. The, the first challenge is this: I want you to take a look around the sanctuary. We have a fairly good crowd here today, but I have a feeling if you're looking around, you will realize and understand that somebody's missing that 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 you knew that there, there was somebody who before the pandemic was a a a, a continued attender of our worship services. And, and life changes, and it's easy to fall away and remove ourselves from the our community. If God has placed somebody in your heart and mind this morning, reach out to them this week. Now, don't reach out to them and say, well, I can't believe you weren't in church. You know, it's been a long time since you've been there. No. Reach out to them and say, hey, I was thinking about you. I love you. I I just want to make sure that everything is going well with you. And then invite them to to be a part of what is happening. Or if, if you're not here, if you are continuing to watch our services online, we are so thankful that you are. But come home. Come and be a part of what God is doing here. Not so that we can say, oh, that we've hit some milestone of attendance, but no so that we can then help urge each other on to good works, so that we can help grow each other as disciples of Jesus Christ and be the community that God has called us to be. The second challenge, I tell you folks, I had a hard time with this spiritual practice this week about the grittiness of community. And this is the challenge that I'm trying this week, and I invite you to try it as well. There is uh, the, the third one specifically. Pick someone who you find you disagree with now and then. Intentionally engage them in conversation about something light, their new jacket, a sports team record, or the unpredictable weather. Ask God to show you that person's great value. Oh, if there was a couple more that I, I challenge you to do that, but you know, I, I challenge you to do this one. Because I know, just like me, you probably have somebody that you disagree with, that you may disagree with vehemently. But what if God is calling you this Sunday? to look at them the way he looks at them? What if God is calling you to say, you know, it's time to to put the weapons down, to, to, to put the words down, to put the hurts down, to put the whatever down that may be blocking your relationship with them, and just engage them. Engage them as a beloved creation of our heavenly father and if they were a member of our church or they're a member of another church engage them like a brother and sister in christ so that you may be lifted up and you may hopefully begin to mend a break that has been there so that christ's love can flow through both of you let us pray Oh God, we give you thanks for our relationships. And I tell you, relationships can be very, very hard work. Relationships can can strain. Relationships allow us an opportunity to open our lives so that we may invite others to be a part of it. So God, as we move into this second part of Lent as as we are just four weeks away from the resurrection. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any wicked ways in us that we need to repent so that your love may bathe us and draw us closer to you. And so, God, we lift this prayer to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.